housemates, thanks for listening to the Our House podcast. We've just opened our own YouTube channel, so please follow our journey and subscribe to Our Two Tube. The link is in the description. And now, today's show. Once again, we're back. So, uh, I'm really excited today. Yeah, we've got a great <laughs> guest on today. So, you know, like Paul and I, instead of sometimes sitting down and watching TV, like soaps and things like that, we, we sit down and we watch a lot of YouTube. And I know like when I, when I tell people that, people go, what do you mean you watch YouTube? That's like really weird because some people just don't get it. Um, so when we, I tell people I watch YouTube about Bin Day, oh, right, they, okay. I get really weird looks. As well. <laughs> so um, we've invited one of our favourite YouTubers onto the show today, which is why Paul's so excited. <laughs> um, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Robin Knox. Hello. I don't think I've ever been on a podcast with such elaborate intro music. Very exciting. <laughs> well, that's good to hear. Uh, so how are you? Are you okay? I'm very well, thank you. Yes, um, I'm obviously in lockdown like everyone else, but yeah. it's not that different from my normal life, so works out quite well. Uh, that's good to know. So um, as I mentioned, we're, we're like kind of huge fans of YouTubers. Um, and yeah. we, we've come across yourself. So... In a nutshell, for someone that's never heard of you or seen your videos, how would you describe yourself and your content? I sort of describe it as making videos to kill time before I die, basically. <laughs> so it's got that sort of vibe, that sort of completely pointless vibe to it. Uh, mundane stuff, really. I think without with going without going to go too deep, I think there's quite a lot of pressure on young people that I didn't really have on forty three, where you've got to make your life look good for Instagram and all that, whereas Everyone has to take the bins out, really. Almost everyone. She's got a butler <laughs> who does it. And everyone's got to go to the supermarket and all this sort of stuff like that. So it's just doing those sort of things, a lot of it. It's just anything, really. Something that I noticed during the first lockdown was how excited, genuinely how excited people get over putting the bins out. And I actually became Oof. one of them because you're stuck <laughs> in the house for so long. You've got to have something to look forward to. <laughs> What's your bin yeah. situation? Are you wheelie bins? Do you put them out the night before? Do you put them out in the morning? We, yeah, wheelie bins. Wheelie bins. I usually put them out overnight, but I went rogue today. It's bin day today and I put them out this morning. I took a chance. <laughs> you see, I've got, um, I think I've got a more extreme bin day than most most because we have black bags like it's the 80s wow which is yeah you say that was probably the best time though yeah Yeah, well people think it's bad but you you get to put out unlimited yeah that's that's great it's great tiny yeah just after christmas it's great but what it means is you can't put them out the night before because foxes so you have to put them out in the morning so where do you store them until then though we have a plastic um I don't know what you'd call it. I think it's like a storage thing, but we bought it specifically for bins. And a mouse now lives in it and ransacks the bins. <laughs> but um, we have like a plastic um, sort of halfway house base camp for the bins. And then they 
climb the BIM summit at the end of the drive to be collected. This morning, in fact, Wednesday is a BIM day. My uh, my my favourite part of BIM day is um, viewing it through the ring camera. So we, we have we have, <laughs> we have neighbours that are quite into their bin situation, and I have endless amount of fun. I don't know if this is lockdown that's just done this to me, uh, but endless amount of fun of just watching how long it takes them to sort out their bins. What are they, what, what are they doing? Like just well, the I, it, side, yeah, it's the recycling side, but it's the amount of time it takes, and then they start bringing other people's bins in, and maybe sometimes they've put hours out, haven't they? Yeah. It, but it's that whole. You're watching somebody in their own environment. Yeah, I like that. And they couple <laughs> rear window vibes, isn't yeah. it? Honestly, yeah. And they're like wondering, should I do that? I'm not. And you can see that thought process going on. Um, and I mean, I'm I'm a bit sad like that. So I will download that ring video and put like, do you remember um, Tony Hart's heartbeat? I'll put that the yeah. gallery music behind yeah. it, and then rewatch it. And it's brilliant. I think, I think lockdown has got to me a little bit. That's fine. No one's judging. We're, we're all friends here. We're all housemates. You've just invented another YouTuber. I might get copyright strike for that. Okay, so if um, if we're looking at, um, I've just got messages going off left, right, and centre, and we're not even live. It's, it's ridiculous. Um, Robbie, if you were if you were writing your CV for a brand new job, yep. How would your personal profile read? Oh, now I don't know a lot about CVs because I genuinely don't think I've written a CV this millennium. <laughs> I don't think. I, have I? I'm not sure. I've certainly never. I certainly haven't been for a job interview since 1999 because I, I worked at Soccer Home and then we went from there. I was there for seven years and we went to this internet TV thing. But we all just went together. We didn't have to apply for a job or anything. And then got made redundant, so I started my own business. I've not really had a CV but this is this is a bit like your sort of personal statement sort of thing, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I'd go heavily into the bit where people make where you know when people say, "Oh, my 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 biggest problem is I care too much." I think I'd go heavy on those sort of things. Like I'm too good at timekeeping. I'd probably, I'd probably do those. Yeah, I'm too generous. Very, very, prompt, very prompt this evening. I yeah, always, yeah. I always think of. Do you remember spotting train spotting? Yeah. I'm a perfectionist. <laughs> that was his weakness. <laughs> yeah, so I'd probably go heavy on the on the fake problems. Like, oh yeah, some yeah, just just I sometimes I'm just I'm just too well dressed. Yeah. <laughs> um, what about skills that you might have? So, what skills would you put on your CV? What's Robbie bringing to the table? <laughs> What's Robbie bringing to the. To the I, I, I might I might apply for a job here. I might have called the wrong number. <laughs> it's, it's like that bloke who went on BBC News who just turned up. <laughs> yeah. Just just um, you up in front of the nation, you know. <laughs> um, what skills am I bringing? Um, I oh, um, I mean, it depends massively on the job. In general, I can ski a bit. Um, I have a positive attitude. <laughs> uh, no real. I can, I can edit videos quite well. I can tell stories. Storytelling is my best skill. I think I mean, I'm good at telling stories. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so yeah, I think that gives a good a good overview of <laughs> a kind of you as a person. I guess. Yeah, I think the the scheme part would sell me. <laughs> Wouldn't or would. No, it would. It, it would. would. It would sell me. Yeah, I, I've definitely felt fallen down headfirst a black ski slope. Oh. Yeah. Um, Have you and, skied yeah. much? 
Um, no, no, not really. I went to, I went to, <laughs> not since then. Yeah, I went to. Um, oh, I know we've been to that indoor thing at the Trafford Centre, haven't oh, yeah. we? Um, <laughs> I remember going to the uh, to Pamperovo in, um, ah, in Bulgaria. Nebra, Nebra, yeah, Bulgaria. Um, and we, we had this instructor. I think it was in two thousand. So that's how long ago that was. Um, I just seem to remember he wasn't really doing anything. He just kept sort of like walking up behind you and he just sort of seemed to bend over and push his head towards your anus. <laughs> and, uh, okay. I know, yeah. And so we just sacked him off after the first day and we just decided, <laughs> there's a slope, let's strap the board on <laughs> and just go. And that was a, quite a big mistake, as I found out. <laughs> <laughs> it's great Bulgaria. I went I went in January uh, to Borovets skiing with, with my two older that's, kids. That's the other side, isn't it, of... Pamper, you got. I don't know. I don't know any of the geography. I know it was just over an hour from Sofia Airport. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But but yeah, I loved it. Does it still? Does it still feel like it's in that time zone of like the early two (laughs) thousands? Yeah, a a bit. I mean, I went to Romania a few years ago. Um, Well, I say a few years ago. It was must have been about fourteen years ago, something like that. Um, I think, yeah, probably about 2006, I think it was. So um, I, I went there to a friend's wedding, and that was, like, amazing because we weren't going to – we weren't, like – well, I mean, we spent a couple of days in, in Bucharest, but then we went to, like, this yeah. place, this random town where this girl, Carmen, who we know is from, and um, and it was proper sort of communist sort of sort of <laughs> madness. We went, I went to this went to this wedding. So my friend Dad's wedding, and he was marrying Carmen, this Romanian girl. And if you ever get the chance to go to a Romanian wedding, do it because they're just brilliant. It was like it was like sort of panto. <laughs> like we didn't. We went there. We, we were in the hotel in the sort of like the, the nice sort of hotel in in Tagamuresh that where where we were staying. And Dan Dan said that I don't know anything about Romanian weddings. I don't know what's going to happen. All I've been told is you all need to be in the hotel reception at ten a.m. and don't ever walk in front of the godparents because it's bad luck. You ruin the wedding, so we went. All right, okay. So you don't know who that was. So I was sort of just stood outside because it was the summer. It was quite hot. I was trying to get some air, and I saw like these minibuses come out up with all ribbons on and stuff. And these people who were the godparents who came out with these sashes over them came out holding like a bottle of spirits, like they were sort of parading around. And behind them out came this like four piece accordion band who started playing this meh, 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 music, sort of following them in. So they went in and we had to follow them. So we, we went, and it was like it was like a comedy thing. They all went to, this band went to the lift to press the button and they looked around, there's like 60 people following them. So they went, okay, we'll go up the stairs. Went there to Dan's room. They had to knock on Dan's door in the hotel. So he's in the hotel on his own. Um, and then Dan opens the door and the godparents say, we're here to take you to your wedding. And he has to give everyone there a shot. So this is like 10 in the morning. We did this <laughs> shot of this like, Romanian firewater, I can't remember what it was called. It was, it was, it was pretty strong. Um, and then, so we all go down. We get in the minibuses, um, following me, 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 me through the town. Um, got to these like communist tower blocks where, like, low rise sort of tower block type things, um, where Carmen lived. And everyone's excited because they look hanging out the windows because they see her weddings going on. And then you you go up, knock on the door, and Dan has to knock on the door, and everyone's following them. So there's like seventy people following behind up in up the steps of this flat so it's rammed and there's a knock at the door and this is where it gets really weird he knocks on the door someone answers the door and went hi can i have carmen i'm gonna marry her and they go yeah yeah just one second and then they get the oldest woman 
in the village <laughs> and they put a net curtain over her head and go, here you go, here's your bride. And Dad has to go, no, nice try. That's an old lady. I'll have a proper bride, please. And they go, all oh, right, here you go, sort of thing like that, and then and then hand it over. So it's a bit like that. So I, I went off on a bit of a tangent there, but um, but that's that's. I can see why it's like panto. <laughs> yeah, well, it carries on like that. Then you go to the you go to the church, but you're not sort of sat down in the church. You just sort of stood at the front. It lasts about twenty minutes, and there's other people in the church just walk around chatting. There's like no respect for the wedding. <laughs> and my my housemate Sally at the time who I went with, she was going, I don't know whether this is if we're going to Eastern Europe, I don't know whether it's going to be really proper conservative dress or really slutty <laughs> so i'm gonna go <laughs> right down the middle <laughs> um and and it turns out ours was fair normal there was a really slutty wedding behind that i considered moving to but um so we carried on we went to the um uh went to the reception and then they you get in there they give you a shot when you arrive you sit down you have a course food then you get another shot and then you have to get up and dance for two hours and then they have another course and then you get up and dance for a bit, do more shots, get up and dance. It's like food throughout the day. So you like to have your starter, then another thing. So you're just constantly eating, drinking, and dancing. And then at some point, the bride gets kidnapped. This is another remaining tradition. Oh, wow. Right. So, and then Dan has to negotiate to get him back, like ransom her back. So, but because Dan was drunk and didn't speak Romanian, he just sent this 10 year old boy over to do the negotiating. Um, and, and he negotiated to get her back for like a kiss from. The bride, absolute lad, and also <laughs> a crate of beer, which is weird because it was ten and it was a free bar, so that's absolutely said child in. But apparently, that's something that Romanian women discuss. They're like, "What were you ransomed for?" And it can be anything. It can be like, "Oh, to sing a karaoke song," and the groom had to sing a love song to me and all this sort of stuff. But it wasn't. So now she's got to live her life. People asking that to go crate of beer and a kiss from a ten year old. <laughs> Oh, and then at the end of the night, we went to a nightclub made entirely of PVC. There you go, at the end. <laughs> okay, that's on my bucket list of things to uh, to attend to. But yeah, he, he didn't even negotiate. That's her story. He sent someone else to do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Sent a boy in. <laughs> um, great. So let's talk YouTube. Mm-hmm. So is, is YouTube kind of your full-time job now? No. So I run a video production company. Um, I say no in lockdown. It kind of is yeah. um, lockdown. <laughs> what it was? Um, I, no, I run a video production company, so I do. That's really sort of my my day job. But um, so and because of that, there are times when I do lots of YouTube videos, and there are times when it's quite quiet. And that's generally because I'm busy with work. Um, so so I make I make money from YouTube, but not enough to live on currently. Yeah. <laughs> so um, it's so just yeah. A mess of extra. Yeah, so it's, it's 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 getting towards more towards livable stuff. We'll see. That's good. So, how long has your company been going for? Uh, started it in uh, two thousand nine, I think, maybe or two thousand ten. Two thousand ten. So, um, yeah, just over over ten years. And is it kind of like corporate stuff? Or? Yeah, it's a lot of stuff for online sort of things. So, we do stuff for do stuff for EA Sports, Puma, uh, Sky. Uh, Channel Four, most mostly sort of corporate. Thing. I can never remember um, lots of lots of beer, Carlin Carlsberg, lots of people like that. It's not normally stuff. <laughs> That's but, why you can't remember. Yeah, that'd be that'd be it. Yeah, old mood cider. Um, lots of lots of <laughs> lots of those things. Um, so any a lot of stuff like that. Um, generally for online sort of stuff and some sort of corporate less 
glamorous probably isn't well, but less less exciting to talk about. And when 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 did you decide that YouTube was kind of going to be your thing? When did you start the whole YouTube process? Yeah, so I didn't really use YouTube at all. In that I um, I used it to go and if I needed to do something, I'd look up how to wire a plug or something, which is weird because I was around that sort of space. Like I'd film a lot of YouTubers for for, for EA Sports and people like that and playing FIFA with yeah. people. Um, I didn't really – I knew there were YouTubers because I was friends with Jack Mate, who's a very popular YouTuber. And so I knew it was a job. I knew it was a thing. But I guess I, I didn't really – realized the variety of it and i was talking to a guy called will brazier who works for sport we were at watford's training ground doing some filming there and um he was saying why don't you start a youtube channel i said well i'm at the time 40 or whatever i I don't think i don't think people that interested in it so i think i thought it was like a young person's thing and he said to me i said i don't want to sound rude but i know i know what it's like being an 18-year-old starting uni, because every September there's 700,000 vlogs telling me what it's like. He said, I don't know what it's like being middle-aged sort of thing. <laughs> but, okay, so I thought what I'll do is I'll do a video a week for six months and see how it goes. And I just did that, and it and it was relatively popular and then became more popular after that. So, yeah, it's, it's yeah just that. And what, what sort of thing did you start with? Was it as simple as bin days? And- I think the very first video i did was saying how it set the stall out i think it was called my amazing life and it was because i have done some interesting things because when i worked at soccer am i thought we played football at wembley stadium we've done uh, went to champions league finals and a lot of a, a, a lot of uh, fun things so i sort of said at the beginning i say i'm going to sh- treat you to a glimpse into my really exciting life and then said I've done this before, I've done this, this, this. And then and then the first thing was, right, let's go to the tip. And it was just basically <laughs> throwing out an old car seat and something else and then going to the garden centre and then so I think it was planting some potatoes. So so early on, it was that sort of – it was straight away, it was that sort of um, playing down the excitement of things. <laughs> and were people watching that or did it take some time for you to kind of build up your audience? Yeah, so the first video got over a 1,000 views. Um but it was shared by um, a friend, Jack, a Jack mate, who's, who's now got like over a thousand, over a million subscribers, sort of thing. So, so um, he sort of shared that, and then there was a sort of steady thing. And then most videos would get around four hundred views at least, and then and then generally after a little while, some would go over a thousand, and that was that's quite exciting. And then last November, yeah, about uh, October, about a year ago, um, I. Jack put me in a video of um, a, kind of a tier list video where he did like took all YouTubers and put like ranked like twenty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he put and he put me in that one there where he put in the god tiers with me and KSI in it. And oh. then I went in like a few days, like within the space of a week, I went from having six thousand subscribers to I think sixty thousand. So, yeah, well, yeah, there you go. Yeah, but I think it was, I mean, he had mentioned me before in the edits. I think it helped that I'd had uh, quite a lot of videos already done because then people could turn up and then they could binge hours yeah. of videos. Yeah, if they go wanted. back and look at what you've, yeah, what you've been producing. Yeah, so I think, I think it would have, been, I think it was, it's better. A lot, some people would talk to me and say, what, what, um, I've not had much success or something like that. Can you give me some tips? I look and they've done about five videos. I think you're better off to have, a boost once you've got sort of 
back catalogue that people can get stuck into, I think. Um, I'm glad you mentioned the, the tier thing there. If you could put anyone in your god tier of YouTubers, who would you choose? Oh, there's loads. Um, who do I really Not allowed to put Jack in there, though. No, no, I'll leave him out. Um, Stephen Tries, I think, is brilliant. Oh, I think he's so funny. He's from up your way, isn't he? Um, yeah. uh, I think he's really good. From America, I think Casey Neistat is probably the, the best, in my opinion. I think the way he tells stories um is 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 unbelievable and, and just just every time i watch one of his videos i learn something or i, I just little things like there's a video he did recently where he's he's on just doing a little road trip and he leaves and he's driving out the car park and you look at it and it's there's a shot where he's getting in the car then there's a shot from behind the car it's reversing there's a drone shot overhead which going around and it's like five things you think about it you go he's driven in and out of that parking space five times for that <laughs> for, for two or three seconds yeah. action sort of thing and it's and it's that sort of attention to detail and and the way you sort of construct stories I'm, I'm quite into the sort of story structure and narratives and all things like that um so he's great and uh should I pick one more who else is brilliant um it's quite i really i really enjoy um l bat if you're familiar with her she's um i don't know where she's from she's at union bath now um and i'm not i don't think i'm the target audience she did a video on menstrual cups recently and then, did, <laughs> and then another one on period pants or something like that and now i just get my youtube just full of it going hey do you want to watch some more videos about periods like, not really i just watched that youtube right? i think she's really good um this is yeah that's quite a lot. so let's go with those three for now great and do you want to be controversial and, and say who would be at the bottom of the day <laughs> i don't the thing is i mean this isn't me just to say that i don't really know yeah many youtubers and i don't watch ones that I don't <laughs> I just don't I just wouldn't know because I don't see them. Um Do you ever I'm get sure. pulled down the rabbit hole of just of YouTube? Yeah. Because I, okay. I, I find I'm a victim of that. Yeah, right. Recently there's that thing about um Jeremy Lynch at the Wembley Cup, um, that was a news story or something that came up and and it happened two years before and I end up watching weird videos. Sometimes I get involved in some like YouTube drama of these people I've never heard of have <laughs> done something and I get oh What's going on? Yeah, so so yeah, no, I do, I do definitely. And what's what, what what's the most popular video on your channel at the moment? Uh, I think it. I'm pretty certain it's um, uh, a video about tubes who I work with at Soccer AM having a heart attack. I think that's about four hundred thousand views um, at the minute. And then there's there's another one that's it's not as popular. But I did an interview last Christmas before the darts with Michael Van Gerwen, the darts player. And asked him about his bin day, and that does well. But the good thing about that is, whenever he's at a tournament, that gets loads of views, and I make a little bit of money. <laughs> so, so like he was at a tournament the other week, I made like like forty quid or something. So, I go, oh yes. So, I've got like I'm sort of like invested in this bloke's career now. <laughs> like uh, the world championship coming up, I'm going. Well, that's got to be a, that's got to be like seventy quid or something like that. And if he goes on to win it, that's, that's great yes. news. So we'll, we'll be very much supporting him on that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you mentioned that you've, obviously you're friends with Jack May. Was that so? How, how do you, what's your association with him? How did you kind of hook up with him? It's a really long story. I'll give you the fairly the fairly condensed one. But I, essentially, I one year before Christmas, I'd done all my shopping beforehand online. But because we got invited somewhere, I had to go to Sainsbury's two days before Christmas, and it was the most. You're wondering where, how this is going to get around to it here, aren't you? Um, <laughs> it was the most horrific experience I'm ever. The queues I'm totally were, good. In. All right, good, good. Uh, the queues were enormous. The the 
Um, there was hardly anything on the shelves. What was there was rubbish. It was more expensive than normal. Like there were carrots that just tasted nothing. I was like, how can you mess up carrots? How can you not get <laughs> tasted carrots? Something like that? And everything was just, everything about it was horrible. And I thought, do you know what? There's got to be a better way to do this. And without, I didn't mention it to anyone apart from my wife. But I just didn't go to a supermarket for six months. And then I, um, at the end of it, I just, I didn't, wasn't going to do it. But I just thought, I'll, I'll put something on Facebook just talking about it saying these are the things I've learned in six months not going to the supermarket. Um, a few people sort of picked up on it, including a friend who worked for the Huffington Post. And I was on a few local radio stations and that, and there's a thing, one of the papers and stuff. But a friend who worked at the Huffington Post said, can you write a blog about it? So I went, yeah, sure. So I wrote a little blog for her and um, it got published. And I, I think I then wrote a second blog for them. I can't remember what it was about. And then they said to me, um, they phoned me up and said, look, we've got to – um we've got some of this brand deal thing with Amoy, um, the Chinese cooking thing. We've got we need there's gonna be a team of comedians, a team of YouTubers, and a team of bloggers. Now I'd only ever written two blogs, but I was on this blogger thing. I was going, I don't think I'm sure, should be representing the word of bloggers. But so, well, you get paid. I went, all right, fine. And if you win, you can win a holiday. Um so it was me and this 25-year-old girl um who was like a food blogger type person. Um and Jack and this other girl called Helen Anderson were on the YouTuber team. And that's how I met him through there. That's as short as I can get that story. Um, <laughs> Did you win? I think you won. Yeah, that, I won. You? Me and um, and this Victoria girl won. And, um, and we went, oh, that's great. We're on holiday. And then suddenly I thought, when they said, because I didn't really consider we'd win, but then we did win. I was thinking, oh, that's great. And I thought, hang on, am I, are they going to expect me to go on a holiday with this girl? Because like, I was <laughs> married with a, with a, one kid at the time. So I think it's going to be a very tough sell to my wife. So I'm just going to go on holiday with this 24-year-old blonde girl for a couple of weeks. See you in a bit. Enjoy the school run. Um, so, But no, in the end, they just said, do you, would you rather do you want to put the holiday or do you want the money? I went, I'll have the money, please. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Like it. Nice. Um, and you mentioned, obviously, you've got a family as well. I saw a video recently where you were kind of unboxing stuff with your son. Yeah. Um, he's a natural. <laughs> yeah, he's, that, he's, he's have, good. Have you trained him or is he just, you know, just that? Kind no, of... he just, I mean, they watch YouTube and that, but he, he just, so I think because he watches YouTube, he's normally been the more shy one for being in things. My daughter sort of just doesn't care. My youngest son, Arlo, is three, is how everything's exciting. Um, but Otto's been sort of less keen, but I think he's got more into but Yeah, no, he was good in that. And he's, he's sort of quite, he's become quite confident. He, we had parents' evening yesterday, and the teacher said um, that he um, he hadn't been doing too well in his maths or something. He'd been, he'd been not, um, he, he said he found it easy, but he hadn't been. So he came over to, to talk to me. And, I thought, and she said, oh, I thought that was really good that he's come over to talk about this. He said, I'm, um, he says, yeah, math. He goes, the problem is um, you take too long to explain things and I just get bored. <laughs> I go, wow. <laughs> Turn it on the table. It's teachers at six. That's impressive. So, yeah, so, but no, he's, he's great. He's lovely. Well, uh, we've got we've got a two-year-old. Um, oh, and even at two, she, she watches YouTube. And uh, oh, not yes. all the time. I'm not really a bad parent. I'm not like one of those. No, hey, like, hey, we're not judging. We, we, all, we all call her <laughs> probably electric babysitter from time to time. <laughs> Um, but there is always like, because, you know, all the um, super mums online that think they know everything say that maybe YouTube's a bad influence because kids do expect that kind of uh, that attention immediately mm. so that they, they do quite easily get bored. You know, if someone's taking too long to, to do something and, um, you know, the, the ability to just go online, click it and kind of have that, you know, content there 
is affecting the the way that they're going to perceive things when they grow up a little bit. Yeah. What do you think? What do you think about that sort of kind of perception of it? I, th- I think it's all everything's in in balance and all this, yeah. and I think it's it's. I think you've also got to have time to for the kids to get bored as well and do other things. So there's plenty of time, and there's times we'll we'll, we'll go out for days and they won't have any tablets. Things they're absolutely fine. I think I think it's it's all a balanced thing. If you, if you if you dump in front of YouTube. For their entire childhood, yeah, they're probably <laughs> not going to. Probably not going to. Yeah, no, I, I, I think it's all, all, all balance, isn't it? If you give them the right tools to handle themselves, they'd be fine. That's it as well. Like, so yeah, she she does watch it. Kind of, it is a case of like every now and again when you just need to stop her asking why every two seconds. <laughs> yeah, and I know a friend's um, a friend's sibling who had um, who didn't they didn't have let them watch TV. They didn't have any of that sort of stuff. And they ended up having to go to like a child psychologist because it was that oh, so yeah. far the other way sort of thing. So yeah, yeah, I think absolutely. there's a sort of there's a sort of balance, isn't it? Don't I think that's the thing, isn't it? It's like I know Jessica watches she watches a lot of educational stuff, but it's but she'll yeah. dip different languages, the same yeah, video yeah. but in different languages yeah. and then so yeah. there's, a, there's a good element of learning behind it. Yeah. And I think there's a natural sort of thing for people to fear new stuff as well like like i guarantee when the radio came out everyone was going so i guarantee when chess came out people were saying oh the kids playing chess all the time now it's everyone's dream for their kids to start playing chess um, <laughs> i remember I in the 80s there was like in um in america the the conditioned was it nintendoitis because you were using <laughs> yeah. you, were, you were using the nintendo pad and it caused you know <laughs> <There's> a, <laughs> I've seen articles about when the kaleidoscope was invented. There's real articles when the kaleidoscope was invented. People were saying about this craze and how it was going to ruin kids because they spend their all their time just looking at kaleidoscopes. <laughs> <laughs> now there are no parents now worrying about their kids' kaleidoscope usage. So it's I don't know. You've just got to be sensible and balanced with whatever. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And um, she she had her own. Well, she's got her own YouTube channel. So like she was, we did like cooking and things like that. And she was like dead into it for ages. And then she's kind of gone off it a little bit now. So I'm not. Yeah, that's the thing they do that bit, don't they? <laughs> yeah, but that's fine because you know she can make her own decisions and and. So, yeah, yeah. Sometimes she wants to go back into it, and then you put the yeah. camera in front of it, and they're like, "I don't want to do that today." Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, in, in terms of um, other YouTube videos, so you're working on an IPA right now, is that right? Yeah. So I've done. I started brewing beer during lockdown one, um, and I've I I brewed two batches of beer. I brewed one that was just in a sort of like kit thing for fifty quid, where you get a big glass jug and you make beer. And I was amazed that it wasn't disgusting. Like in the, I get that beer is made of malt, yeast, water, and hops, but I didn't think I could make that in my kitchen. And if I did, I didn't because my my memory of homebrew beer was like kits people bought from Boots in like the nineties or something like that. Where people's dads yeah, the cheap yeah Christmas and stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So so I didn't realize you could get you could make good beer and. So tonight I've just I just opened earlier on. I was on Instagram. I just did a little live thing where I, I brewed this porter, and it's genuinely. And I don't drink a huge amount of porters, but I, it was genuinely the nicest porter I've ever had. It's absolutely lovely, and it's not my recipe. I've just got a recipe online and made it. But it's it's lovely, really chocolatey, beautiful. So the first two IPAs I did were one was from that kit. Another one was a recipe that I've found a recipe kit that I bought online 
but um with bigger equipment and this is the first this one i bottled this morning is the first one that's my own recipe that i've completely made up so we'll see how that goes ah. it's amazing that i like that you sort of come up with like new ideas for hobbies like i think when lockdown started i, I learned how to rubik's cube yeah. um ne- never been able to do it in my life before and, and honestly thought i never would is it hard to learn <laughs> it's not it was like i think the first time it it took me a week to solve my first one, yeah. and now I can do them in about four or five minutes or something wow. like that. Never, never going to be anything like the the world record holders at like three no. and a half seconds or something ridiculous. But and then I, I was I watching. Tell you what, though, if you were back in 1985, though, you would be the most amazing kid <laughs> in the classroom. <laughs> well, that was. What I, I was looking at your videos of the IPN. And I was like, that's. To be fair, like when you when you're in lockdown, I mean, all I've done for the whole the whole element besides working is is buying things off Amazon and trying different <laughs> yeah. things. And it was like I was looking at the the IPA one. I was like, I kind of fancy that. It looks really complicated. But then I thought that about the the Rubik's cube, and it was like, yeah. you know, you should just it's do it not that complicated. Yeah. Once you get your head around it, it's not that complicated. The first time, anything's a bit difficult. But really, essentially, mm. all you're doing is you're getting some malted barley. And you're mixing it with hot water, and then you're rinsing it with more hot water to get more of the sugars out, and then you're de- putting boiling that hot water for a bit and adding some hops, and then you're just putting it, adding some, letting it cool down, adding some yeast, and putting it away for two weeks. It's, there's not that much to it. I mean, but the, what I like about it is it's so simple. Like unless you're, you, I mean, you get things that are great for infusions and stuff with adding fruit and yeah, stuff. Yeah. Generally. It's four ingredients and one of them is water, um, and and then but then there's infinite different little combinations of how you do it and how you can change things and to get to get to get things to the point that I mean even now I'm just now starting to look at changing a water profile because like if you're brewing a beer from like a German style beer you might want German style water which would have a different amounts of elements and stuff in it sort of thing so okay. and as it's the biggest ingredient so you can get into it as much as you want you can just buy a little kit have a little bit of fun or you can sort of properly get into it and experiment which which is we've, we've got a distiller now. so we could distill the water oh, and then yeah. add whatever you wanted in so afterwards if you want yeah to. that's great yeah i mean there's lots of there's you, i've downloaded a water report from Thames water um but i can't quite understand it but i need to work out exactly my minerals and all this sort of stuff in it and, and then you can sort of make adjustments if you want um or you can just keep it simple which is probably what i do but things like like the hops they're they're such different things and you can just look at books and stuff like that and it tells you this one's got this sort of flavor like this one i've, I've brewed i bottled this morning it's the first i've really properly smelt it and it's got this sort of fairly newish hop called sabro because new hops come out like they've been mm. <laughs> released sort of things which i find weird but um this one's it's, it's got like sort of coconutty like tropical sort of taste to it i saw, I saw your instagram yeah story. It's, it's like, lilt. like it's, lilt. it's amazing yeah <laughs> um i once when i was first moved to london about 2000 i was in this bar called cheapskates it was a night called cheapskates and it was 60p a drink like you could have like beer wine or spirits it wasn't your brand name spirits yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it was like and i was on ten thousand pounds a year at the time like in my first job and i was going this is amazing it's the only time i could feel like i'm puff daddy or something um <laughs> and i remember just chatting to some bloke at the bar i was just chatting to him and i said oh, what are you drinking there um he said it's my own drink i said what is it he goes it's, it's lager and lilt i said all right and what, what's it called and he said I call in Aswad Shandy. 
<laughs> and I just thought that's the best drink name ever. Um, so so yeah, maybe um, maybe I can collaborate with Aswad <laughs> to bring out an Aswad shandy at some point. Do you think cheapskates were the only bar that served that drink? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it was it was it wasn't even cheapskates was the Wednesday night, and I think there were other nights in this bar that were more expensive. But no, I don't think much more expensive. But it was in the middle of Soho. And it was it was so it was a really great night. But yeah, you could just go. I just go to the bar. You drop like six quid, and it was like you bought like ten drinks. It was like you were you were <laughs> Craig David. Yeah. Before Craig David, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah early, early days. Yeah. And, and what's your beer called? So um, the main one is that Binday Binday IPA, and then I did a one. A, the port is, is a darker beer, so I call it Black Bin Bag. Nice. That's brilliant. <laughs> I love that, honestly. Have, um, you, have you seen, like, this is just going off topic a little bit, but have you seen, like, a brew dog have done, like, an Aldi version? Yeah. So like, Aldi, Aldi did a version of, of brew dog, so brew dog did one back called Aldi. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. So a bit, of a, a bit of brand Excellent. wars there, which I thought was quite cool. Yeah, and now they're stocking it in Aldi, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, great, great publicity. I think uh, I think Robbie's kind of the same age of, uh, as us. Yeah. You mentioned before, is about forty three. So you would have been, I, I suppose, like when you were doing all your soccer AM stuff. When me and Claire were doing, I don't know, media type jobs, it was all like yeah. kind of work for free here in a in a post production house oh, yeah. and uh, yeah. we'll, <laughs> you know, that, that type of thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, we just made a lot we of tea. Just, <laughs> I made a lot of tea. It sounded like you got a little bit of a better end of the deal. But oh, I did a lot of tea. I did a year of, I did a year of tea making. I um, bet you made really good tea. <laughs> I was a runner in a studio, a TV studio, where they made like 15 to 1. And um, what was the other one? Um, the Weakest Link was there for a bit and the first series of that, a few other things like that. So, yeah, I did that that for a year. But that was basically just making tea and doing that sort of stuff, yeah. <laughs> yeah, my my earliest memories were working in a post production house. Just so, um, and you ended up working in that same post yeah. production place, didn't you? We were before, before we met. We kind of crossed paths. Didn't yeah, we? it's really weird how them them sort of things cross, isn't it? But I just remember walking around with a cake trolley. Yeah, going into editors. Would you like some cake? <laughs> There's a photo of me. We talk about weird meetings. The photo of me. Because I met my wife through uh, my former next door neighbour, Arthur Ramu. She went to uni with my now wife. And we'd been at a party at Arthur's house. And there's a photo of me. I'd never met her at this stage. It's a photo of me sat on the sofa. And my wife's arm, she sat next to me. But I didn't speak to her or anything. You can see her <laughs> arm. So we were sat next to each other years before we met. That's really weird because we have a similar story, yeah. don't we? Like yeah. I used to one of one of my one of my best friends at the time uh, was in a band, and we used to his girlfriend, who we used to stay at her house all the time. Like, so we go to like the hacienda or something weird like that, and just crash over for the night. Uh, you lived in that house yeah, at so the same I, time. I you was would... housemates with this girl who was the girlfriend of your friend. <laughs> so. Paul had been round to my house, but we never Slept in the actually, front room. Yeah, and slept in the front room, but we'd never actually really met. Wow. <laughs> until about five years later. Yeah, until later. That's yeah. So it's strange. I think like the world works in them ways, really. <laughs> Don't you think? I always think it'd be good if you had like, and they, and they probably do have this. I mean, Google certainly has this knowledge of us. But if you could download a 
map of everywhere you'd ever been yeah. and someone else could download theirs and then you could match it up and go, oh, we were we were within five metres of each other nine yeah. years ago before we ever met. <laughs> it's really weird, That isn't probably it? would have happened a lot. Yeah, definitely, definitely. <laughs> um, and so, so, yeah, you've gone from, you know, being a runner to you are P. Diddy now, right? Because you've got your own sponsors on your channel. Yeah. When's the boat money coming you're, in? You're giving, you're giving stuff away, <laughs> aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so you, you're like giving stuff away on your on your channel. Tell us a little bit. How did that come about? What was this? Was this the watch giving away thing? Yeah, mm. oh, I love it. So that's literally, that's literally just a, a brand thing. With, there's an app called Bebo, Bebo, Bego, Bego Live. That is the um, most popular streaming app in Thailand, and they're trying to come over here. So they basically just paid yeah. me to do a brand thing there and, and give away a watch. <laughs> on it. I'm not. I'm not just buying watches and giving them away. I'm definitely not Puff Daddy. But yeah, yeah, that's that's basically essentially what that is. So I'm doing a little bit of streaming this month on Bigo Live. What is Bigo Live? I've never heard of it. It's it's an app. No, I don't think I don't think it's not popular here at all. It's a streaming app sort of thing. It's there's a lot going on on it. There's lots of like you. It's um lots of little emojis flying around all this. But as I say, it's, it's quite big out in the in the far like east. Type of thing. Or... Is it like what? Sorry. TikTok or something. I think it's 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 all about live streaming. So it's people just broadcasting their lives and just sitting there and chatting to people. Um, but I think it's sort of. I, I'm guessing that they've had a little look and gone well. Like um, TikTok's done well. Maybe this will do well as well. And they're trying to break it, break into the market over here. I guess. Yeah, and it, uh, apart from that, are you on any other platforms? Are you on TikTok? And I know you're on Instagram. I do a little bit of TikTok um, occasionally. My brother's TikTok famous. My brother's got half a million followers on tiktok and he only started in january um he does wow. Eng- knock study he's called he does english i, I told him to get on it because i thought it worked really well english lessons or tips so like the difference between there and there or something like that you know and no, right. or, or these or, or, or like tips for academic writing and he's got videos with millions of views on this sort of thing half a million sort of followers on it so it's mad yeah um i do a little bit of that i'm on twitter instagram uh, I'm I'm doing Twitch for the first time properly on Friday. Um, uh, I, I dabble, I dabble. <laughs> yeah. So what I'll do then is I'll anyone that's listening to this podcast now, uh, if you scroll down, I'll put it all in the description so that we've got the links to everything. Uh, oh yeah. So what's the what's the Twitch going to be? Are you, actually, are you going to game on that or is yeah, it? Yeah, I'm going to play. Are you familiar with the game Football Manager? Yes. Yes. I'm going to play that, but the way I play Football Manager is the most miserable way. <laughs> Very on brand. What I do is I like I like it to be as realistic as possible, and I don't want to just start off as a Premier League team. So what I'll do is I will start off with no coaching qualifications, my real age, weight, height, everything, and no coaching qualifications, no coaching badges, and unemployed. So first of all, you have to beg for a job and you'll get some like non-league job eventually. <laughs> and then you're just begging the board to get coaching qualifications. It's just it's just a grind. And then eventually in about five, five to ten years' time, you eventually, if things go well, make it to the Premier League. So I'm gonna I'm gonna be adopting that on on Twitch. That's great. <laughs> as soon as we get that, we'll uh... very niche, very niche content here. I can imagine that being kind of comedic, though. So. Yeah, I think. And what I'm also doing is I'm doing like real proper 
English long ball, like none of that ticker tacker nonsense. Hit the big lad, launch yeah, it, yeah, yeah. all that sort of stuff. So yeah, that, that's my <laughs> that's my tactic. So yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, hopefully people will buy in on that. So in terms of everything that you've done so far, hmm. do you have like do you have a, a plan of, of where you want to be, or are you just you know kind of happy at the, the no, point? No, I mean. Not not a, a grand master plan or anything. My plan when I started doing YouTube was I thought if I enjoy it and if it goes well, I would I think people quite often think too short term with things. And I thought I would like to make a portion of my living from this in five to ten years' time. And it's come around a bit quicker than that sort of thing. So it makes sense if people are liking your stuff and your stuff's growing, it makes sense that if you just keep doing it, it will continue to grow and in theory, you'll be able to make that more of your life if you if you so want to. So just just keeping going, really, and 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 yeah. doing things that I enjoy because that's that's the point, the whole point of it, isn't it? And I've deliberately kept my channel very vague and not 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 to nail down in one thing because I think I think you can grow a lot quicker if you are a ski video channel or if you're a, a beer brewing channel or something. You've got that little niche. Because people will come along and they'll subscribe because they watch one of my skiing videos and then go, oh, he's taking out the bins. I'm, I'm not interested in this. Or people the other way around, I'm sure, people watch the bin video and then go, I don't want to watch a half-hour-long skiing video. So um, I, th- I think I'm doing it the sort of slow way, but hopefully building up a, a stronger connection with people. Because yeah. of I, think, I think one of the ways that I kind of chimed into you, I mean, obviously there was definitely an influence through Jack. Mm. Is that how you discovered the stuff? I, th- I think so, but then again, you know, if you're watching videos around that, like your YouTube suggestions sort of roll in, don't yeah. And I remember seeing, so I must have clicked on a couple of yours, then and then that becomes then suggested, so I'll click on. And I think I remember in the early days of, of just watching the content thinking, why would someone be interested in that? But I'd, I'd click on it and go, I know. I'm, I'm quite interested in the potatoes now. <laughs> yeah, I think some of the things like the fact that the video, like Bin Day video's got like, I don't know, 40, 50,000 views or something, I think people go, what? And click on it. And I find that the funniest thing I find is when someone, if there's not many, but sometimes if people click like the dislike button on a video about Bin Day, I'm like, what, what were you expecting, mate? What 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 did I deliver? It wasn't clickbait. Like what 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 more were you hoping for when you clicked saw yeah, yeah. the thumbnail of a bloke carrying a black bin bag and went called bin day and you went, oh, this is going to be good. <laughs> that was actually something I was going to ask you. Is, do you get many trolls or do, do no? You get not really. I don't. I don't. I don't care about it. I think the way to deal with online criticism is to not pay any attention to yeah. any of it and and i don't mean that in an arrogant or sort of rude way i mean it's really nice when people say nice things about the video but it doesn't affect what i think of the video if that oh, makes the sense. Video so, itself. Yeah, yeah so i sort of i would decide if i think something's good enough or uh, good enough or is good and whether I, I want it to go out there and there are things i've filmed and gone now that's i don't like that but then after that and after it's out there that's sort of the end of the conversation on quality. And if people are going, yeah. I don't, the sound wasn't very good at this or something like that, then yeah, of course, I'm not saying ignore sort of feedback like that, but don't, but don't, but it doesn't, not not everyone likes everything. 
Like, not this, the thing like, is, I, I suppose if you have to make a decision of, I know the sound quality is a bit bad on that, but I, mean, I need to put it in the video anyway for for whatever reason. Yeah. You already know that, don't you? You I know, mean, as yeah. a as a as a video creator. I mean, I mean, uh, I will say my sound quality is always excellent. That was just an example, but yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> um, but like, it's like I think I did a, I did a video where I was talking about this once, and and the example I gave on that is that my um, my son um, Arlo moaned because i can't remember was it something to do with food it was um what didn't he want he didn't want some herbs or something in his pat it was, it was something it was, it was something really oh god i can't remember what it was it was it was something like he didn't like a particular food item and what i was generally trying to get across was like i mean there's lots, lots of people don't like brussels sprouts like i like brussels sprouts but just because someone else doesn't like them it doesn't affect in any way my opinion of brussels sprouts yeah. So why should someone else's opinion of if they don't like my video? If that's just their opinion. It's not. It's not correct. Yeah, it's not a fact. It's it's just. It's just just what it is. But but to be honest, not that many people. I don't get many negative comments or dislikes or anything because it's not. It's quite hard to hate the videos. I think you might not like them, but you're not going to go. They're not going to make you angry or anything. Yeah, it's that, quite that really ticked me off for the day. Yeah, was glorious. Was was that that video that basically at the end of it you just said. If you if you want to make something, just do it. Was that that yeah, video? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember. It was a while ago. That, now. I, I thought so. that was quite powerful. That I, I remember watching that video and thinking, you know, if if you want to just go out and make some, just do it. Well, yeah. I mean, uh, you guys, you guys clearly do do that and do just make things. But I, I mean, we've all been in a situation where we've gone, ah, like I thought when I first started a video, I thought, oh, are people going to think I'm having a midlife crisis if I put out a YouTube video? But then also, I, mean, I don't. I don't <laughs> you get to an age where you don't care anyway, don't you, about anything? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Uh, like, but um, but yeah, I think I think I think a lot of people don't do things because they're worried about what other people think, and I think you overestimate how much people think about you in a nice way. I mean, most apart from my very close friends, very few people pay any attention to what I do. <laughs> you know, it's 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 not. I don't. I don't mean that that they're being rude. I mean, just people don't think that much about other people. And once you get that P Diddy money, then people that are close to you that yeah. didn't watch the videos are going to be very interested well, in yeah, them videos. Jack was saying that uh, at his school, because after that, someone said, oh, what about the people at school? I, I started. I did a video, people at school made fun of me. And then Jack very nicely just replied to this random girl and just, just said, um, people took the piss out of me for making YouTube videos every single day at school. Then one day I got a check for 60 quid from YouTube and everyone started doing it. <laughs> like it's, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, you know what I mean, it's, 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 it's weird. And a lot of people I think who take, who, the people who do take the piss out of these sort of things are people who perhaps don't have the courage to do things themselves a lot of, a lot of, a lot of the time. And I agree with that. I agree with that. They're either they're very insecure themselves or just don't, would like to have had the idea, yeah. or just a very unconfident and not not able to. Yeah, I think a lot of that online chat. Any, like I've never. There's lots of things I think are rubbish. I never go on and slag anything off because one, because it's completely pointless. Like you never, yeah, you never yeah. change someone's argument, uh, opinion, do you? Online, there's never on Twitter where someone goes, "Well, you're a dickhead." Make up, actually, yeah, no, fair point. <laughs> Thank you for bringing that to my attention. Um, but I say that as well. I did have. I wrote some comment about. Um, I did something on Twitter. I made a comment about Tommy Robinson being racist or something. Some something I described as racist or something like that, or something like that. And some guy got really angry about this and sort of said, and and called me a knob or something like that. And um, 
and I said, um, and I was really polite back to him. I just, I just said, okay, well, so, sorry if that. So yeah, and he was like, I'm. He's like, well, um, at least he's sticking up for working class people. I said, yeah, no, and I, and I replied. I said, yeah, no, I agree with you completely. I think, I think, um, working class people have had a very bad deal. He went, he went, yeah, but this, this hasn't happened. I went, no, I agree, I agree with you completely. I said, I just don't, <laughs> I don't think Muslims are at fault. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Like, I, I agree with you completely. And by the end of it, he started following me on Twitter, and he came to it, calling, calling me a, a cock or something like that. So it's, so I think, I think it's. I think just having chats and being nice to people, and I think people are a lot more similar than they sort of think, and and it's easy online to just people just shout and at each other in a way you'd never, most people would never do in real life. Exactly, you wouldn't go up to someone and say, what "Yeah, you should turn it around in that instance." <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like that. I like that. Um, so, final thing before we let you go is well, it's not quite final, but go on. All right, okay. Uh, Paul and I have decided to go head to head on YouTube. Brilliant. Uh, Paul, Paul versus Claire. Who can get the most views and subscribers? Right. <laughs> certain amount of time. It's more challenges, though, isn't it? I, yeah. I guess the more more than anything else. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not too fussed of the four people that might subscribe to me, <laughs> and one of them probably being Robbie now. So. Oh yeah, I mean, I'm I'm hooked. <laughs> so now you know both of us a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who would you choose? Oh god, have I only had one? <laughs> this is brutal, isn't it? This. Um, I, I honestly, I'm going to have to look. I'm going to have to look at the quality of your thumbnails. I'm going to have to look Excellent. at the title because, like because that's Good information. It's going to be unfair because so much of it's that. Wow. It's going to be. It's going to be unfair if I if I if I pick someone without having a, a look at it. Yeah. <laughs> I watch. I watch one video of each, and then I make a decision. <laughs> yeah, and I'm, I'm not rendering my services useless. I will. I will make your thumbnails in exchange thumbnail. for oh, yeah, yeah, nice. yeah. In exchange for other things. Um, <laughs> okay. Sounds dodgy, but go on. It does sound dodgy, doesn't it? And it might be. Um, I suppose last there's there's two more questions I've got. In okay. well, Absolutely one's a question and one's a request. Yeah. Um, so my first question is: Would you do the um, so at looking at uh, Bambino Becky's channel, would would you? Do, well, it was actually well, it was Kieran's, wasn't it? Would you do the Weatherspoons challenge? Yes, yeah, I want to. I, I How really do you want think you'd to. Fare on that, I do all right. I think because uh, when I, I did a video with Becky, when she went on a walk with me, mm-hmm. um, and it was a love because because you, I'd never met her before. It's the only time I met her. And um, with these things, you never know how it's going to go when you meet someone. I mean, I, I'm, I'm quite easy to get on with, but you never know how good the conversational flow. And we filmed for a bit, and then we went and just got drunk in the afternoon. And, cool. Um, and it was really funny because we were both having so much fun. Every, like, hour, one of us would just say to the other one, go, I'm having such a nice time. <laughs> this is really nice day. <laughs> I, am, I am too. And it was just a really lovely sort of sort of day out um so yeah i'd absolutely love to and i think i'd do quite well because i did i was matching becky drink for drink and i was i was in much i think it's fair to say a much better state than she was as you'd expect <laughs> because i'm quite a bit bigger than her but um yeah i think i do i think i do all right yeah but yeah i'd love to do that excellent one last thing from me um and this is more of a request than anything else um <laughs> it's purely for entertainment purposes and for our viewers or viewers or listeners rather that that don't uh, don't particularly know you very well can you recount the story of where you nearly lost your testicles <laughs> yeah ab- absolutely why not right okay so um 
I might have to step away at a couple of points of this because it does go through me. But fine, I'll go through. I'll go through the. I'll, I'll go through as quick as I can. So basically, I woke up one morning, and I'm not a guy who goes to the doctors very regularly. Like I, I have to be quite ill to go doctors. I just go up; oh, it'd be fine, and just ignore things most of the time. I woke up one morning, and I had like pain in my testicles, and it sort of felt like they were sort of twisted round, sort of thing like that. So. I went straight to A and E because this we don't mess around here. Uh, this is before I had kids, and um, so we went we went there and um, turned up the hospital. And I went to um, in there to the problem. And I saw a succession of increasingly more attractive female doctors throughout the day. I went for an ultrasound at one point and all this. And, and the woman who was doing it, the doctor there, said, um, "Have you had an ultrasound before?" I said, "No." Is it is it the thing you give? pregnant pregnant women isn't it and she went yeah that's right i said i don't think this is gonna be a very pretty baby not even a smile not even a, not even a smirk from her disappointing tough crowd they got through it eventually at the end the woman said uh, the, the final most attractive female doctor said um what you've basically had a thing called torsion detorsion so the testicle was twisted around its cord and it's untwisted either by you sort of adjusting it or just naturally or whatever like that. So it's it's stopped. It'll get back. It'll recover now. It's bruised, and that's why it still hurts. But it's it's back to normal now. So you're sort of all right. But um, so the problem thing is, once it's happened once, it's more than likely to happen again. And if it happens and doesn't untangle, and you don't get to a hospital within 24 hours, your testicle could die and drop off. Oh my goodness! Even as a girl, I'm my legs. <laughs> I'm like, sorry, what? Like. And and um, she said, "Yeah." She said, "But don't worry. There's a small procedure we can do that will stop that from happening." I went, "Sounds brilliant. Sign me up. No problem at all. Just out of interest, while I'm here, what is this small procedure?" And she went, "Oh, it's just just a minor thing. You pop in one afternoon. Just, just come down, casual as anything. Just come down one afternoon. I uh, will just give you general anaesthetic, and then we'll sew your testicles to your scrotum." So I was like, "Sorry, what?" <laughs> You could do what? Like if you're sewing well, my testicles to anything, that's massive. Never mind my own scrotum. <laughs> like what's wrong? What's wrong with you guys? So well, the alternative is your balls will die and drop off. So all right, we'll go for it. So the, it was a few weeks later, booked for the operation. On the third, a few days before, a week before, I went for a preoperative assessment where basically they check that you're not going to die if you have anaesthetic, essentially, is what it seems to be. So you go along and they answer a few questions. There's this guy called David who was like the preoperative assessment nurse, and I went through everything. And he said, right, I'll just go through a few things. And first of all, what what's the procedure you're having? And I said, I don't know what I don't know what the name of it is, but you're going to sew my testicles to my scrotum. And he went, yeah, I didn't think this looked right. I said, oh, what, what, what doesn't look right? He goes, oh, what it says on the screen. I said, what does it say on the screen, David? And he went, <laughs> went oh, it says we're gonna it says, it says we're gonna cut off both your testicles. I went <laughs> right, well well you're not <laughs> for a start, you're not. And he went, I'm sorry, do you mind if I make a phone call? I went, No, <laughs> I'd rather this got sorted out, thank you. So make all the calls you need. So he got on the phone to some woman, and it was basically the doctor's handwriting who'd written it down. And the word that means sew testicles to your scrotum. And the word that means cut off testicles are very, very similar words, like far too similar. If it was me, one would be ah, one would be as far away <laughs> as possible on the alphabet. But um, so so um, and there were the but she was arguing. She goes, no, it says this. She's going, no, no, it definitely says this. And I'm like, why are you arguing? Like, there's only going to be one person who wins. It's not like she's going to go win the argument. And go well, I guess we're cutting off your testicles. I feel there's no point in having this debate like that. She got off the phone and said, "Yeah, no, no, sorry about that. Um, 
and he said, "Wow, yes. Imagine though, if you had um, if you had lost, if you had cut off your testicles, imagine how much money you could have sued sued the hospital for." So yeah, but also I have oh, no great. testicles. So let's call this let's chalk this up as a win, David. <laughs> right. So it went on it went on through the thing, talked about um anesthetic and all that. And he said, um he said, Yep, um, no problem recommending for anesthetic. Have you got any questions about next week? I said, I've just got I've just got one question, <laughs> just one thing playing on my mind. Are they gonna cut off my testicles? And his honest answer, he said to me, he said, I'd mention it on the day. <laughs> I thought, what? So I got there on the day and I was and I went in and you meet the anesthetist first of all. I said, this is going to sound really weird. He goes, I know. They said they were going to cut off your testicles. It was still on the form this morning. Don't worry, I've changed it. Wow. Like, what? Still there? I went, yeah, I know, I know. But it didn't make any sense because they haven't discussed fertility. They've just gone, we'll just lop off this boy's guy's testicles. Like, it obviously is wrong. Right? So he said, don't worry, we've, we've changed it. But then when, you, when I went in, it wasn't like in movies where you get knocked unconscious in a bed and they wheel you into this operating field. You walk into the operating field, lie down, they're not you unconscious, and then so your testicles just scraped them. So I went in and the surgeon was there, never met before, and these other guys. I said, um, I said, look, this is gonna sound really weird. I said, I said this is gonna sound really weird, but there was a mistake earlier when I came in before and again today saying you're gonna cut off my testicles. I just need to hear you say that you're not gonna cut off my testicles. And he went, he went, Yeah, no, 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 I said, I went, okay. I went out of the room and I said, Everyone got that? Yep, yep, yep. And one bloke just nodded. I went. I'm sorry, I'm I'm gonna have to hear you say it. <laughs> and then the first thing I did when I woke up was like just sort of touch go, I know they're still there. If I was the surgeon, I definitely as I was going under, I definitely would have gone, right, let's cut this guy's nuts off. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> uh, so yeah. I think all, all I remember from like I think when I first heard that story, I was thinking of do you remember the scene in Stir Crazy where Richard Pryor goes into hospital? I don't think I've seen it. No. We're not seeing that. I mean, no. it, it was just a case of, I think he went into hospital to have his tonsils removed, and there's a guy oh, in the bed next yeah. to him and going, "Oh yeah, he cut my nuts off." And then <laughs> the anaesthetist comes over to say hello, and he's like, "Yeah, that's the guy that did me," and he just legs it out. <laughs> yeah, it's that sort of vibe. Yeah, well, yeah. I was even yeah. at the time when it was all going on. I was thinking this is going to be a brilliant story one day. <laughs> oh, thank you so much for sharing it with us. You're welcome. It must uh, it must be painful to recount. Ah, it's all fine now. They're all. They're, I'm like an, I'm like RoboCop. And you have some lovely children as well. <laughs> yeah, I've got three children now, so it's worked. <laughs> uh, so thank you so much for joining us. Um, hopefully, we'll be able to catch up at some point again. Uh, we'd love to go on a walk with you at some point if that's a possibility. And we yeah, can... and I want to see. Well, I'll go. I'll go. I'll go walk with whoever wins the challenge. I don't want the yes. loser on my walk. <laughs> oh, oh, there we go. <laughs> it's on now. It's on. I like this. I like this. Maybe, maybe we could walk to the loser. What? Yeah. Mock, yeah, mock, yeah. mock some stocks and throw rotten fruit at the loser. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, there's a lot. There's a lot that we can go with this. Let's just see who wins, and then we'll yeah. work out what's we'll going see. on. Yeah. Let's do it. All right. Thank you so much for joining us. Yep. Awesome stuff. Uh, make sure there's some more Binday t-shirts coming. We've been. I've been oh. looking. Yeah, I need to order some more. Yeah, Joe, I'll get on yeah. that tomorrow. Just time for Christmas. Yeah. There you go. Brilliant. Well, well, yeah, and then we can get everyone else to. Yeah. Like, yeah. To buy. Order some buy. stuff. Awesome. You can become P. Diddy. There we go. I'll put that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, as I mentioned, I'll put all the links to all of your socials uh, beneath the podcast. So, anyone that's listening wants to subscribe, there you go. Um, and again, once again, really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for joining. Um, and thanks to all of our listeners for listening. Cheers, Robbie. Thanks for having me. It's been brilliant. Bye. Bye. Our house.
housemates, thanks for tuning in. Please check out our Patreon to see how you can support us and help us to bring more guests, more stories, and even get involved yourself from just a pound a month. Visit www.patreon.com slash Our House Podcast. Link is in the description.